So we've heard these parables before quite a few times probably. We all get the sense that why would you leave 99 sheep in the desert to go after one is just really bad shepherding, right? Everyone gets that sense. I mean, the shepherd's job is to protect his sheep. Majority of them are being left in the desert to go after one. That doesn't totally make sense. And then this woman, the coin, this coin is probably more like a dime. It's a very insignificant piece of money. And yet she flips up her house upside down to go and find this coin. She has ten. She's going to find the other one. Celebrates it. Shepherd celebrates it. When I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger, this is a little younger crowd, but over I got a good laugh last night. Anyways, <laughs> when I was younger, the, when I was five and six years old, we lived in Texas. We lived in Austin, Texas. And one day, my, bro- my older brother, myself, and my younger sister were just playing in the house. My sister's probably about four. And all of a sudden, my mom starts freaking out. She goes, where's Aaron? I, I don't know. Uh, but Kevin and I are having a good time. So we'll go play. And I don't know where Aaron is, but we're fine. My mom, right, searched the entire house, searched the entire yard, called the neighbors, called dad at work, hey, come home. And right before she was going to call 911 to like have the, we heard a yawn. My sister had fallen asleep in the laundry basket in the living room and put all the laundry on top of her. She was like four. Perfect hiding place. For any younger kids, perfect hiding place if you can fit in the laundry basket, by the way. Of course, now your siblings are going to look for you there. But anyways, to say to my mom, to say to any mother, ah, you know, you got two of the three, you're doing all right. (laughs) You're doing just fine. Eh, you got seven of the eight. You're doing fine. Don't worry about it. No, that panic attack that we have as parents. Where's my one child? That's what Jesus is getting at today. That's God the Father getting at us today. He's not going to stop until he finds us. Our modern culture, spirituality, if you want to call it, is I'm on this search. I'm on this quest for truth. I'm going to be the one that finds it and comes to it. That's not the God of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament, New Testament, the God that we worship, is a God who is outside of space and time who created a nation for himself, the Israelites protected, guided them, brought them across the Red Sea into freedom, into the promised land. Jesus, his son, sends his son into the world to save us from our sin, to save us from death, gives us a church, 
to call home a sacramental life coming after us in our lives. Marriage, baptism, confirmation, holy orders, anointing of the sick, sacrament of confession. Coming after us in His seven sacraments. It's a God who comes after us. And He's not going to stop. God is... So two things I want to go back through all the readings with. Patience versus impatience and being judgmental versus judging. Two qualities that we can find ourselves fighting with. But God's patienceness with us, St. Paul will later write, is for our salvation. It's not for us to run around and do whatever we want. It's to say, God's being patient with me so that I can live his life, so that I can live his love. His patience runs out, if we want to say, at our own death. This is how radical our free will is. At death, our will solidifies. We're not like angels where we're created, we have a will, and that's our will. At each and every moment, we choose to serve, to love, to not. To do that or to not to do that. And it solidifies at death when we're judged. If we look in the scripture, right, Jesus, God is patient with the Israelites. God is patient with St. Paul. God's patient with us. How are we doing at being patient with one another? Patience, if you want to look at patience just for a second, patience is a practical application for the love we have for the person. Because, this is the great part, we're mostly impatient with the people we love the most. Which is a really good thing. Because that means love is our motivation to grow in patience. So being patient with the one that I love gets me closer to being God-like and gets them closer to me, which is what God's patience does to us, right? His patience brings us closer, not distancing us. Brings us closer so that we're both getting closer to God. My practical application of my love towards you is being patient. I love you, therefore I'm going to be patient with you. If we go into Scripture, that patience, the Father's patience, enduring patient with the Son that literally said, Father, you're dead to me. I'm walking away. Give me my inheritance. I'm going. His patience, you know that that father, did you realize, did you notice that? He, the second he sees his son, he gets up and runs to him. What does that mean? That means every day the father was on the front porch in his rocking chair waiting for his son to return. Waiting for him to come back. Letting him choose to walk away in his freedom but desperately hoping for him to come back. He gets up in that patience, being patient, always looking into the horizon saying, where's my son? 
Second part, judgmental. Being judgmental versus judging. We can find ourselves being, okay, first off, judging. Nothing is wrong with judging. Taking a judgment, we're rational creatures. We should judge. The problem with being judgmental is we compartmentalize that person to being that way. Which if we look at scripture, what does that mean for the son that walked away? Or the son that stayed? You've fallen so far, nothing's ever going to happen in your life. Conversion, not possible. What does that do? In our own hearts, it stops the Holy Spirit being able to be active. In their life and in ours. And that's the most detrimental part about being judgmental. Is it stops us too. Because then we're not open to change. Because we're so far outside of ourselves judging people that we're not changing ourselves. I'll be the first to admit, you need to radically change. You need to become more like Jesus. Having a judgment, right? So let's just say after Mass, right? Somebody's in the pew. They look like they're having a bad day. They might be crying. I have a judgment right there. Looks like they're having a bad day. I can either walk away and judge them to be there and put judgmental judgment on it or using that judgment go and say how can I get you closer to God today in seminary formation we have this thing called internal and external forum and the external priests can tell what's going on in the internal by your external right and so it's to judge the external and then reverently go in and say how can I help you get closer to God today not assuming that they're there but being okay with the possibility of helping them of taking that judgment to them if the father had judged the son reconciliation, forgiveness wouldn't happen. We're called in our life to become God-like. Divinization is what it's called, the fancy term. To be patient, to be non-judgmental, but still being able to judge. But still being able to judge. And it's God coming after us, not us going after God. There's a poem called The Hound of Heaven. God being a hound dog on everyone's sense, individually, not to stop, ever. God comes to us, which makes our spirituality super simple. God, come and find me in my marriage, in my work, in my job, in my relationship with my kids, in my relationship with whoever. Come and find me, God. Come and find me. Jesus comes and finds each one of us today in the Eucharist. Not even I know what Jesus you are going to receive, what host you are going to receive. 
but God does. Think about that. God knows exactly what host of Jesus you're receiving today. To come and find you in your place, in your life. I don't know your life. I know some of your lives. God knows it all. We got to tell him about it if we haven't. Just like for any parent who loses a child, they will flip the world on its edge to find us. God is our loving Father. He's going to do the same through our whole life, always trying to find us, always allowing us to come back. There's a party in the confessional from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock in heaven for one sinner who repents. Every time we celebrate the sacrament of confession, there's a party in heaven over us coming back into God's church. God coming for us. Let us thank God for His gift of giving us Himself in the Eucharist, His Son in the Eucharist. And just be open to Him coming to us to find us.